Hey everyone, welcome in to the Gridiron Pick Show. Uh, we're on the cusp of week two of the NFL season. Michael McQuaid joined by uh, my esteemed colleague, we'll call you out every week, Oliver Connolly. Ollie, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Looking forward, looking forward to this week's of games. I think it's, I mean, every week in the NFL has a great slate of games, right? It's just even if you think they're bad games on paper, Red Zone is always on fire. But these, um, these are a particularly interesting slate, I think. It's nice. And also for the neutral out there or for any NFL fan, two Monday night games. Uh, mm-hmm. gonna, I mean, you, you could almost have a red zone or like a double dip on Monday night as well. In that sense, Ollie, but uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, this picks podcast, uh, folks, we are using odds that are uh, done on Unibet. So for Unibet, um, if you click the link in our bio and click on the sign up offer, you'll be able to get a sign up offer whenever you uh, click the link. So please do check that out. If you're going to put a bet on the NFL this weekend, please do gamble responsibly uh, and only bet what you can afford, folks, at the end of the day. Uh, be gambleaware.org. Ollie, I think we need to start off on our bets of the week last week just to, you know, to make sure people are aware of these right now at the start. Uh, mine lost, which was over 47 points in the Minnesota Green Bay game. I mean, Legend has it that Aaron Rodgers has not arrived in Minnesota yet, still a week on. Uh, but you won. You had over two and a half touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that was gone, what, three or four minutes in, yeah? Yeah, I think like two minutes into it, two drives or something like that. Um, And it's funny because I've been getting just destroyed by Cardinal fans all off season because I've been pointing to this defense. And I really like Vance Joseph, the defensive coordinator. Um, but I've just been getting killed by them online because of the things I've written about what they've done defensively just to self-sabotage themselves. So I was very grateful that in week one that like, we could get all of that out of the way. I noticed in our document we don't have our picks from the games last week. Um, I, think I, I think I had a clean run all the way through last week from memory. Um, I will get everything wrong for the rest of the season. Please do not use my advice. But I had that... And then my 22 crazy ass predictions all look really strong to start the season. So it's pretty good, a uh, pretty good opening week. And so it's only downhill from here because week one is such an illusion and a lie as you go through the season. Yes. Production note for everyone listening. I will put our picks beside each discussion point this week. So we'll go back on it next week to confirm that. And yeah, you're, predictions are looking good you have mike mccarthy out by what week 10 week yep i had mike mccarthy out i had ravens win the super bowl i had vance joseph to get fired in season by the cardinals that might happen within the next two or three days um loads of stuff loads of stuff i had uh, von miller having an 80 pressure season um that that one that one looks pretty good um yeah tons in there you, you oh, even what I had that, I've, that I got hit for, we did it last week on this show. If you remember, I've been doing the rounds everywhere for six months about the Bengals offense and how there's going to be the, the dip in form. And there is no spicier fan base uh, on social media than the Cincinnati Bengals fan base. Um, and they, they have this delusional sense of where they're at because they have the most special quarterback of his age. Um, and then they have this most special wide receiver of his age, maybe Justin Jefferson in that kind of age cohort. And it's hidden the fact that what they do on offense is a disgrace. Um, and I knew that passing game would fall back to worth. And then it was a pretty ugly opening week for that passing game. Ugly to say the least. And uh, the defense we were playing against gave them hell as well. So let, let's see what we're going to talk about this week. Let's let's have a look at our first game, man. Uh, we're getting the odds from Unibet. Um, so they're obviously going to be different, folks, if you're on different bookmakers. Colts at Jags. The reason, and I picked this game, Ollie, the reason I picked this game is because Matt Ryan last week, I, I think it's going to take them time to embed himself properly in that offense. It's, it is a big shift for him, even at his age, to try and um, sort of fervor those elements at, at wide receiver and, and get a good relationship with his team. I mean, a lot of people are very happy with him and, and 
clearly the players respect them on the sideline and it's great for them down the stretch. They tied last week against the Texans. The Jags go to Washington last week to play in the Commanders. I'm still used to saying Commanders, man, to be honest with you. Uh, Commanders come back, I think it was 28-22. I like this game because the Colts on the handicap are minus 4, 10 to 11 on. Jags to cover, plus 4, 22-25. What do you think of this game, man, in terms of the handicap? It's a tough one. I, I, the Jags looked pretty frisky last week. They they were really, really rusty out of the gate. They turned the ball over in the red zone twice. They failed to punch it in the red zone, but they moved the ball pretty well. I'm pretty interested in where Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence, and that offense is going. The major issue they have is their two best playmakers in terms of explosivity outside of Christian Kirk, who had a great week last week. They're, they're both running backs. They both play in the backfield. Um it's hard to generate a ton of explosives with two backs in the field together, and particularly if you put them both in the backfield. So that's a bit of a concern for a defense that tries to keep everything in front of it and is pretty passive in, in the way it plays. So numbers-wise, total-wise, that that feels quite tough. But I, I was just so disappointed in what the Colts were um, in week one. Talking about predictions, I had them right, like what, top five in EPA. I had some kind of prediction about where they would finish in terms of the the nerdiest analytics and their ranking. I, I thought it'd be a pretty seamless transition and it wouldn't be the same as it was with Philip Rivers and what as it was with Carson Wentz, that they finally had a guy who could just kind of patrol everything, play as the point guard, get the ball out really quickly, throw it to just these trees they've got on the outside, right, in Pearson Pittman. And it didn't really look like that. And I think this, there should be a real, real concern with the age that has been hit to Matt Ryan from last year to this year. And this happens with these guys, right, where they just get really old all of a sudden. And the thing I noticed with him, which is different than two years ago, and last year was kind of a middle ground because he just had the worst offensive line in the league and he was getting crushed. He used to be a window thrower. He could rip it. Right, Matt Ryan never considered the guy with the strongest arm, but he could really rip it into a tight window if needed. He did not rip the ball at all in week one. It, it, he becomes a landmark thrower is what you call it, where Philip Rivers style, right? It's a hand grenade. It's going up there. He's throwing it to a landmark because he knows the timing of the offense so well. And he's like, I'll just get it up and down in time, throw it to a space, let someone go grab it. That is rough. That is late age Peyton Manning type stuff. And that is not why I expected. Now, can they figure it out? Maybe Matt Ryan's really clever. Frank Reich's really clever. They've got some really good weapons. Though the offensive line's a bit of a concern. Um, I, I don't know. That was stark in week one. Now, maybe there's something there going on we don't know about, and we'll, we'll see in week two. But that really leapt out as one of those things. You know, you get these week one overreactions. That is something I think you probably could overreact to. Ollie's week one overreaction podcast coming next week. I love it. And um, the funny thing about the Colts is if you take away the scoring, the scoring stats and look at the yardage. Matt Ryan has 350 passing yards last week. Jonathan Taylor had 161 yards rushing and they only scored 20 points. I mean, that is an absolute disgrace. Like how on earth did they not get the ball? How did they not even get to 23, 20? That's, that's insane. He did look rusty, but the thing for me, and it, it probably goes into the under conversation here, Ollie, and this was with the Jags and the Colts, if, if the over and under is 45 and a half, and you've got the Jaguars that last week, Trevor Lawrence, he wasn't bad. He wasn't amazing. There were some interesting uh, throws, uh, which you may deem as terrible. I think it was one of the first half that was shocking. James Robinson, only six, only six, six yards in the day. Travis Etienne had under 50. I have this game going at, at the under. I think both teams... If you look at how they played last week, especially the Colts, might cancel each other out. And honestly, I, at the minute, at the time of recording, have the Jaguars upsetting the Colts 
and the Colts falling to 0-1-1. And I picked him for the AFC South. I know you did as well. I think we all did in terms of gridirons. We all did, yeah. To me, the the big thing, I would go with the under two because the the two dominant question marks for both teams is the offensive line. Uh, I mean, that was the case across the entire league. These guys, you can, I mean, it's just one of those position groups where you need cohesion, not necessarily year to year, but certainly week to week. And we saw tons of injuries. We saw tons of cycling guys in and out and people playing eight and nine linemen during the course of the game because of injuries and having to take rest in the heat in terms of the, the Patriots. So that that to me is going to be a three, four, five week thing where offensive production is going to be down across the board. I don't know if you saw it, it was like the lowest score in week one in, in years and years and years. It was like 680 points in the entire league. So I think... First R was still quiet, man. The yeah. first R was dead of the, of the new season. And there was tons of missed kicks, to be fair. That kind of ju- juices that style a little bit because everyone was missing kicks. It was like 50 missed over the weekend, something daft. So I, yeah, when you got question marks on O-line both sides, you get into one of these weird low scoring games where you just get big pop plays, right? Um, and I think that's what we're looking at. Can James Robinson hit a big run? His burst was all the way back nine months off an Achilles tear in that Washington game. That was really excited. Jonathan Taylor, you mentioned he's always liable to to hit a big run. So um, yeah, I think the the under is a decent shout there with with those issues up front for both teams. I've picked these games in badness because the next one I'm going to pick is the Raiders hosting the Cardinals in Vegas for their home opener. Raiders lose in SoFi against the Chargers week one. Cardinals. Um, Get is it fair to say decimated against the Kansas City Chiefs? The Cardinals now go on the road to face another AFC West team in terms of the uni bad odds 21 to 50 on for the Raiders, 19 to 10 uh, for the Cardinals. That's on the money line. Apologies, the handicap is minus five and a half at 17 to 20 on for the Raiders. I'll be honest with you, Ali. I like the handicap here. I think this is going to be the game where Derek Carr turns it on with the offense more than last week. I think Devontae Adams, honestly, if you have a parlay or an opportunity to put a player in, I can see Devontae Adams scoring at least one touchdown in this game. But the thing that's really intriguing for me, and I know I know you'll talk about this in a second, is is the over. Because if that Cardinals offense with Kyler Murray can find some sort of rhythm on like last week and not in garbage time, I think the overs the overs 51 and a half. I think that could hit. Yeah. It really, really could. And it's 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 an intriguing game to battle, especially when the overs 10 to 11 on. I, I think the over is the the obvious play there. You're looking at a Cardinals defense who I don't want to have to come on and do this every week, but that that's 30 points waiting to happen at minimum. They just don't have any corners. I, I like Marco Wilson. He's just not good enough. Byron Murphy, not good enough. They have no edge rushers. They're still trying to figure out if JJ Watt's going to be healthy. Is Marcus Golden going to be healthy? He plays last week and he clearly wasn't healthy. He was just horrific. Linebacking level, awful. Isaiah Simmons, they're trying to play as a true safety now for reasons that remain unclear. Awful. Um, so you've got no safety depth, no speed at linebacker because you've moved Simmons out and Zayvon Collins isn't very good. No pass rush, bad cornerbacks. That is a recipe for disaster when you're playing Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Derek Carr, and the ball has to come out immediately because he doesn't have a very good offensive line either. So unless Buda Baker is just completely out of his mind, what's healthy, Golden can kind of roll it back to last year when he was really good and they change how they use Isaiah Simmons. That is the path to the Cardinals putting up some kind of defense performance. It's just too many ifs for me when we're trying to figure out what we're doing in terms of gambling. So um, yeah, I think that the, the smart money says hit the over because like you said, what you're really gambling on there is can the Cardinals score 14 points? And I don't want to go into any game in my life thinking that Kyler Murray can't score 14 points. When you build such a lopsided roster, 
you have to score 20 something points every single week. You put every resource into this offense and, and we, we got to see it. And one thing I should have mentioned about Derek Carr, three interceptions last week. Um, that could be interesting. That's Let's see what happens. I, I have this down as a close game. I don't want to go as far as saying it'll be a shootout at the end, but I, I, I think the over is a really, really good bet there as well. You can get those odds on Unibet. Uh, you're going to love me now, man. I put this Sunday Night Football. I mean, is this the best Sunday Night Football game of the year? The NFL could not have made this uh, that was a joke, by the way. The NFL could not have timed this any better. The Bears get a win against Trey Lance and the 49ers. The Packers lose against the Vikings. So the Bears go into Lambeau 1-0. The Packers are, are losing 0-1-1. Uh, this is the hell of a game for the Bears if they actually somehow went into Lambeau. I mean, when was the last time they won in Lambeau? The uh, the over is 42 at 10-11 to on. And the Packers, Ollie, are 10-point favourites on the handicap. Mm-hmm. Um. Am I crazy if I think the Bears could cover that at 10 to 11? No, 10, 10 is so... You'd never see 10 in the NFL. Um, that's so high. I think what, what they're doing there cleverly, and obviously the odds are intended to get as you know equal action on both sides so they can build tall buildings, um, which is what they do, um, is use the false sense of security among the national money that are the Bears a little bit better than we think and everyone likes Justin Fields and he played very well in the fourth quarter last week but it's just not a game based on the weather and all the different factors where you can really judge a team the talent level still the talent level the defensive front was still brutal for for lots of the game um and you're going up against Aaron Rodgers who could have his starting tackles back right so that it's quite clever because again you're going off a Packers performance when they were really bad on offense they, I mean, they dropped the touchdown, so you put that on the board. Suddenly, the you know the numbers look different, the money looks different. Um, so I don't know. Ten is just so high, but to think that we're not gonna get what happened last year with the Packers, where they you know they drop the ball in week one and then they come out and just mow down people for the weeks after that because Aaron Rodgers is really pissed off and he figures it out. Now they had Devontae Adams last season. They do not have Devontae Adams this season. Um, but this does stink of one of those Rogers, you know, dropping 40 on someone's head and saying, you know, what were you all worried about, um, which would scare me off. But anytime, anytime, Michael, you get 10 points in the NFL, you just got to take them. It just doesn't happen. Um, these professional football players, Justin Fields is pretty good. So, um, yeah, I take the points, I think. I like it. I also like one that I haven't got down on, on the sheet. I like the Bears to score over one and a half touchdowns at 10 to 11 on. Um, so I, I can just picture right now it's uh, well, I'm in Ireland it's 10 to 3 in the morning and Justin Fields at the 5 yard line runs it in in garbage time and Cole Komet gets a touchdown in the first half and I, I'm a happy man there I I think you've convinced me now to go with the handicap in, in favour of the Packers so well done I was going to sit here and say oh the Bears you know, even with the offensive weapons that Aaron Rodgers now has at his limits in terms of he doesn't have Devante Adams anymore, he still has AJ Dillon, Romeo Dobbs, Tunyon, Watson. I mean, hopefully Watson can hold on to the ball this week. That would be good Watson, for, for Aaron Watson, by the Rogers. way, one of the all-time um, killed by the broadcast footage, and then you watch the All-22, and um, he was he was outrageous. Um, Aaron Rodgers did not throw him the ball. After, and this is classic Rogers, right? We talk about this all the time on the show, the passive aggressive streak um, that he has, which is, you know, can light up in hilarious ways. The guy was wide open 
a ton of times deep, deep, deep behind the defense. I think Rodgers will be really pissed at himself going through the film from last week that he just didn't try and take another shot. I think he underestimated how fast Christian Watson is. That's the whole thing about his game, right, is he's just a north-south burner, and he got open that one time, right, and he dropped the ball because he does that a lot too. He runs in one direction, and he drops the ball a lot. That's that's just who he is. And Rodgers just refused to look his way again after the drop, but he was deep behind that defense wide open on three or four occasions, so I think we'll see some deep, deep shots to him if there's a if there's a prop bet for Watson uh, touchdown if there's one in the first half I would be going to that immediately because I think they're going to take a deep shot to him early in the game having reviewed last week so and it, this one is so hard because I think the Bears are fraudulent from the win last week and I love that Packers defense fraudulent <laughs> Yeah, they're getting they they're, they're talking themselves into being you know a semi competent team because they won a game in a monsoon. It's uh, it's quite confusing. Um, they are still who I believe them to be from the preseason, and I think that Packers defense can still be really special. Um, so I, I wouldn't be stunned to see them just maul them, um, particularly in the first half. But what did you say it was over one and a half touchdowns? The prop over one and a half touchdowns for the Bears at eleven or sorry ten to eleven on. Uh, I've went on to the next page, but I think the Packers are quite similar there as well. The Christian Watson one's really interesting as an anytime prop. Now you can't get that on the website for Unibet yet until I think game day, but do check it out, folks, on on Sunday or before SNF kicks off. That's a really intriguing one because I feel like if you're saying that as game tape, he'll go he'll he will go to him and knowing the Bears. The They'll Bears take a shot really, really early in the game. I, I wouldn't be surprised. First drive, first three plays, they take a deep heaver to Christian Watson, having um, seen what they'll have seen throughout the week. Um, so, yeah, I, I would get on that. Um, Picks-wise, so hard, man. So hard because everything tells me just to pick the Packers, that their defense, Rogers' revenge game, all that stuff. But he just cannot turn down 10 points in the NFL. Ah, uh, you can't. And this is sort of game where if you bet – Minus 10, the Packers will end up struggling and win by like four. <laughs> yeah. We'll see what happens. <laughs> the last game, I, I'm loving this on Monday night, man. Like Just the fact there's two games on. Uh, Titans go to the Bills. What a start now for the Tennessee Titans, who lose against the, against the Giants last week. Now, look, uh, Brian Dable clearly has the uh, cojones, shall we say, going for that. And, so, and fair, fair play to him for doing it. But the Titans are looking at a situation here, Ollie, where they could be sitting... 0-2. And I'll double check while you're speaking here in a second, but I am nearly certain they have a difficult matchup in week three as well, which could be even more intriguing. And it starts to ask different questions about, about my agreeable decision making in terms of the handicap and bills are minus 10. <laughs> that no, I'm sorry, that's not good value for me. In this sort of game, no. I know the offense is incredible, but I can't, I cannot take that. The over is 48 and a half at 10 to 11 on only. What do you think, man? Yeah, the, that's not good value at all. That Tennessee D, that Tennessee team didn't play poorly against the Giants. The Giants had an excellent run down the stretch of the game, right? Um, they popped some huge Saquon runs, which is really hard to do. The Bills don't quite have that juice at running back. James Cook is a, is a real talent, um, but he's not getting on the field a lot because he fumbled the ball, so they just ripped him off the field in the in the opening night game. Uh, so they just don't have that kind of Saquon make three guys miss player, which is a pretty unsustainable way of getting beat anyway. So I, I would absolutely be taking those points. You know they lost Harold Landry at the start of the season. That was going to decimate their pass rush in certain ways. And that, that was somewhat true against the Giants, but they still do get pressure. And that Bills line isn't exactly overwhelming. It's very good, but it's not like amongst the top four in the league. So I still think they can get some pressure. And they played well on offense. And they did some really interesting things, particularly in the passing game, which is obviously where they have to grow. Ryan Tannehill was really good. So um, yeah, I would 
this seems screams to me as a war of attrition game and you could be looking at yourself you know if you go for the 10 points by the second quarter you're just slamming your head into your desk because you're like D'Amico Autry is in the backfield again Jeffrey Simmons is in the backfield again Josh Allen is running for his life and he's good enough that he'll probably make the plays to win the game but in terms of winning by 10 points that's just a big ask I can't imagine if we looked up the numbers you know if we were professional we probably would have uh, we would have looked these up before and I can't imagine Mike Vrabel has a bad record when he's a, a minor you know he's, he's been given 10 points by the spread he He's one of the most competent kind of um, bring down the math coaches in the NFL. I can't imagine he gets beat big ever. Um, so I, I would fancy the Titans to at least cover the points. Titans have got, uh, I said that about the start, they have the uh, Raiders next week and the Colts the week after. <laughs> this is a big game for them now. Imagine they go on to Traylon Burks at 55 yards last week in his, in his NFL debut, and Derek Henry's a beast. I can see that combination of them potentially getting anywhere from 17 to 24 points. They need to be going in there looking at trying to get 24 to 31 to give Buffalo a go. But if they can get to 24, you'd like to think the over is good value. If And you're talking about Mike Vrabel there and, and motivation and stuff. All he has to do is write. Uh, Buffalo minus ten on on the whiteboard on Monday, and just let them let them out the whole week. That's I I, did, I, I can't do that, man. I just did some quick research for the listeners. Mike <laughs> Vrabel, you want to have a guess at this? Mike Vrabel, when he's a six plus point underdog, six points or more. Mike Vrabel, he has played in seven such games as the head coach of the Titans. What do you think his record is? No Googling. I see your hands typing. What... I'm writing this down. This is good content for the week. So he's played in seven games and there are minus 600, a minimum minus 600 dogs. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to guess right now he's won all of them. He has won all of them. Seven and no against oh. the spread when he is a six or more point favorite uh, underdog. Excuse me. So yeah, you, when you, when you are given points and you have Mike Vrabel and you're given 10 of them, you you have to take them. Um, it'll be interesting. You mentioned Traylon Burks. Then that's a, that's a really interesting one. Their usage of him, they basically put him in the system exactly as Odell Beckham was used with the Rams, which is getting him into a tight formation where someone else can clean out the space for him. And so they just throwing him the ball. You know, when he got there, he's this kind of gadget type player. And the concern was that he'd be used a lot on screens and some of these kind of college designs where he's got to make six people miss in space. They were more like, let's just get him flashing across the field in movement, but down the field. And if we hit him three times a game, great. If not, no problem. Speed is still terrifying when it's flying over the middle of the field. So him all season long as a over under yardage guy is a great bet because when he's getting the ball he's getting it on the move in space down the field so he's always going to create yards after the catch because that's what he does anyway and they will look to him probably three or four times a game and you're just kind of betting that they, that Tannehill can hit two of them and if your guy is open Tannehill's unbelievable just getting it to the open guy he makes the right decisions all the time so um I really like that show Let's look at our bets of the week, and you've 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 actually got me convinced. And actually, seven. I, I know I know we're, I know we're not top of the money line here, but seven to two, the Titans are money line. That's that's intriguing now. Um, Ravens, Dolphins over forty four and a half. I like this purely because I can see the Dolphins and the Ravens going out and scoring points. Man, simple as that. I can see Lamar getting it down the field. I can see uh, Tua and Tyreek getting it down the field. That's the only reason I went at 44 and a half. I haven't even looked at any other stat. I just think it's going to be a high scoring game. 10 to 11 on. You've got a really intriguing one, man. Like yours yeah. is, like, and I, I think this is like, 
bold prediction territory here. I, I really <laughs> like it. Is there, I'm taking the Pats minus two at home. That's Bill Bill Belichick. Uh, you know uh, the home team in the NFL. If you're if you're new to the NFL, the home team usually gets three points at home. That's the the average um, in the NFL. They give you a field goal, so they're basically saying that the Patriots are, are an underdog at home. Essentially, um, I get Bill Belichick with a free point against Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I understand there's lots of consternation about the Patriots' defense. They actually weren't that bad in the second half once they got it figured out against uh, the Dolphins. And they were playing Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. And I'm not sure anyone can do anything against Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. They played really well in that second half. And they're going up against Mitch Trubisky. Did I mention that? No TJ Watt. Um, I, 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 I'm going to take the Pats. I, something tells me that Mitchell Trubisky and George Pickens are going to finally turn it on the regular season week two style. But, but yeah, they, they, they had the exact the usual thing where they put 17 points on the board right in the first half. It's all game script. It's all really weird stuff. It's Matt Canada being bleeping Matt Canada doing weird things, throwback plays, double tosses. They had the, the double pass thing. They had the four reverses and then Trubisky threw the ball. And it, did they score on that? Or they got inside the two? I can't remember, but it, there was like there was a lot of gimmickry in the opening script, all the stuff they've been repping for weeks and weeks and weeks, months at this point, because it was the first week of the season when they had to get into real NFL offense right third quarter fourth quarter can we move the ball to put the game away it was a slog now obviously they did it and they kicked the field goal to win because the bengals kept missing field goals right otherwise we'd be having a different conversation but it was not exactly a glorious performance once they got outside of the opening script so um i i just if i if i have a point essentially back from the average with bill belichick against mitch Trubisky, i'm not sure much more needs to be said Time will tell. I'm going to take the under in that game as well. I'm, I'm not even joking. I, I'm going to go into the boogies yeah. the weekend, and I'm going to I'm going to take the under on it. So we'll, we'll see what happens. What is the under in that game? Why is the do you, hmm? do you have the do you have the points total for that? Uh, I will get it for you right now as, as we talk. Um, yeah, because folks, if you, if you're listening, we literally put down our bets of the week at the very very bottom, and that's it. There's no like over under total in terms. That game is in the early window, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that game is uh, over forty. I I like the under, and I'm sorry. 40 is not many points. That, but that's that's Steelers defense. If they can no I just if, no TJ Watt. No TJ Watt. Minka Fitzpatrick. Now people, this is what Minka does. God bless him. I do love Minka Fitzpatrick as a player. Um Minka Fitzpatrick has one game every nine games, and it's usually in a big spot, either dominating red zone or on national TV. And then he people believe him to be that player on a down in, down out basis, and he just has not been now for two years. So um yeah, I'm not. I'm not so sure. I think TJ losing TJ Watt transforms everything for that defense. Um, so, yeah, like you said, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. We're, I think we're going to have to do a live special together in London for this Saints Vikings game on Batten in a, in a couple of weeks' time. But for now, man, uh, that's been really, really good fun. And thanks to everyone for for listening in and not, not just listening in, but sharing your picks uh, with us on, on social media over the last week and, and chatting away as well. And um, we are using the odds through Unibets and there is a link in the bio of this podcast. If you click on that link, you get an offer when you sign up. Uh, so please check that out. But also uh, if you are betting on week two of the NFL season, please gamble responsibly. Uh, and please folks only bet what you can afford uh, begambleaware.org uh, and yeah Ollie for now man f- thanks a million uh, I will I'm sure I'll chat to you really good see you later